pushing yourself day after day after day is definitely a different challenge than even running high mileage. My shortest run was 2K. My longest run was 31 kilometers. That was Trevor Funk, and this is episode 33 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Trevor Funk is a runner from St. John, New Brunswick. He is an incredibly versatile runner who enjoys running short and longer distances on the road, and he recently started taking his runs onto the trails as well. In fact, Trevor enjoys running so much that at the start of the pandemic, he began a year-long streak, which he recently completed, running a minimum of 2K every day for 366 days. Trevor joins us to talk about why he decided to do a run streak, how he managed to get his runs in every day, and how he dealt with injury. As an accountant, he expresses his love for spreadsheets, data tracking, and even how much mileage he managed to get out of his shoes. Trevor is a brand ambassador for Salming Canada, Beat It Canada, and Nun Hydration, as well as the proud father of his favorite running partner, his son. Please enjoy our conversation with Trevor. So Trevor, welcome to the Inspired Souls podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. I think you are maybe the very first, if not one of the few guests that we have had on our podcast from the very furthest east side of the continent on the east coast of Canada from St. John, New Brunswick. So I'm excited to um, have you represent that portion of our population. It is a great running scene here out east, so it's going to be great to uh, to represent the New Brunswick and show what uh, what crazy things we're doing out here. <laughs> um, all right, so let's just jump right in there. Can you give our listeners a little bit of um, background about yourself? Sure, yeah. I am an accountant by trade, and I've worked for the federal government for just over 20 years this year. So I was fortunate enough to get a nice little plaque signed by our prime minister and a little token of appreciation. Wow. Congratulations. They do that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, I am married and have one son who is my primary running partner. So not too often many parents get to uh, have a live-in training partner, but I do. So we have explored and had a lot of great adventures, uh, mostly, I guess, out here in, in New Brunswick, and even before I lived in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and that's kind of where my whole running adventure started. Ah, so I want to know more about, you know, your son and your running. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but you just gave me the perfect segue to how did you get into running? Tell us how you developed your passion for the sport. Yeah, well, I started running back in 2004, so it's been about 17 years. I've always been active, mostly swimming, actually, back in in high school, getting my lifeguarding and teaching certificates and whatnot. And after getting married and 
after college and getting into the workforce and whatnot, you kind of are adjusting to life after uh, after college, and so you kind of find yourself maybe getting a little out of shape, and that's kind of where I found myself. So a good friend of mine that, well, my best friend still now, he started having some health issues, and it kind of really woke me up to the fact that this is uh, not where I wanted to be fitness-wise and health-wise myself, and that what he's going through could easily be something that I'm going through, but for whatever reason, I was fortunate not to. So I was, I think, at about 180 pounds and about nine months of working out on a elliptical trainer back at home, I lost about 25 pounds. And then I started kind of seeing these ads and posts and pamphlets at running stores about marathon clinics and travels with, you know, various organizations like Team Diabetes and whatnot. And I thought, hmm, a marathon, that's intriguing. You know, after losing all this weight, um, let's try this. So I think it was about April of 2004 that, you know, after the melt and things are drying up in Saskatchewan, uh, I started running outside and I bought just a cheap pair of running shoes at, you know, a sporting store, didn't get fitted, just tried something that was cheap and thought would work. And well, if we get into it, that's probably my first lesson learned of things not to do. <laughs> but I ran my first full marathon in September so it was wow. kind of a crash course, all or nothing. It was definitely adventure. I was definitely in pain after that first race. But at the same time, it was like, wow, the ultimate high, the ultimate mm -hmm. experience, like finishing that first marathon, crossing the finish line, the adrenaline, you know, all the excitement and the people and the announcers. It was just mm -hmm. like, wow, this is, yeah, no matter how I feel now, this is not going to be the last time I do that. <laughs> so your first race was a marathon or did you do some races leading up in your training? I did one race prior to, so like I say, started in April, I ran for about two weeks and had my first running injury. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> no. surprise. It was a plantar fasciitis. It was painful, painful. And probably again, because, you know, I picked a cheap pair of shoes and the first pair that was on sale and it seemed to fit and probably wasn't even the right size. But, um, but after that, you know, things started to pick up and Three months after starting, I ran a 20K race. It wasn't even an official half marathon. You know, it was just along the River Valley in Saskatoon, and I think I finished third in my age group. It wasn't a big race, so, you know, that maybe wasn't, uh, wasn't difficult. But, you know, for starting out, it was uh, definitely a big motivator. So I signed up for uh, the Regina, the Queen City Marathon, uh, the very next day. And that was three months after 
pretty much that uh, 20K race. Wow. So you had some, it sounds like, positive experiences right off the get-go. Like you had a positive experience at the marathon. You placed in your age group. Like all of those things, whether we realize it or not, I think are things that keep us coming back for more. Like, oh, I'm progressing. Oh, maybe I could be good at this, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe tell us a little bit more about your running history. Do you have a favorite distance? Is there one race you're really proud of? Like I know you've gone on to be a very, very speedy runner. So tell us a little bit more about uh, running after those first couple of races. Yeah, well, um, definitely 2014 was a, a huge kind of motivating experience. I think uh, everyone remembers their first race, whether it's a 5k, 10k, half marathon, full marathon. That first marathon was definitely uh, an inspiring event. Um, and it's kind of funny you know, a lot of people progress, you know, that 5k, 10k half marathon, and, you know, eventually get to the marathon or maybe don't even get there. But for me, it was kind of an all or nothing thing. I went straight to the marathon. And that's always, I guess, been my favorite distance. My passion Mm -hmm. is to to run the marathon. Um, In 17 years that that really hasn't changed. In fact, I don't think I ran an official half marathon until 11, 12 years after running my first race. You know, I guess being married and having a young family and limited budgets for, uh, you know, shoes and and race fees and stuff at the time, I thought, well, I can pay $10 more and register for the full marathon as opposed to the half marathon. So like, no brainer. I'm just going to run the full marathon. A true accountant. Value for your money, man. Uh, Yes. yes. Cost per mile. Yeah. Getting it down. That is so, so very true. Um, (laughs) But, But it seems you went, you know, a lot of people, like you said, they start with the 5k and then they do a 10 and then they do a half, right? You started with the marathon and then you're like, oh, right. The half marathon. Whoopsie daisy. I skipped that over that one. And then the, you know, the 10 and the five. So can we expect to see you running the hundred meters anytime soon? Or do you have like <laughs> anything else outside of your wheelhouse other than road racing? Do you like the trails or the track? Yeah. What do you like better? Trails or road? Well, I have to ask this question. I'm definitely, definitely an all out, all out road runner. Um, That's the second person in a row, Kim, who's on my team. Yes. Not that I'm counting. And I invited Trevor on this podcast. Come on. No, I I can clarify, though, that (laughs) the trail has definitely made its place into into my heart. Um, but it took 16 years to, mm-hmm. to get to that. It's only been in the last year or so, right? That you've been tempted by some friends to yeah. try a trail. Well, I guess COVID can mm-hmm. really be, uh, you know, a contributing factor to a lot of interesting things in my life. But, um, <laughs> So let's talk about that. Let's let's go down that path a little bit more. One of the things that I really wanted to highlight during this podcast and just pick your brain about is you just recently completed a 365-day run streak. And I want to talk about streak running. <laughs> and just to clarify for any non-runners <laughs> out there, this is not, you know, the Ray Stevens version of running like a streak. This <laughs> is um, a consistent period of running every single day for X number of days, correct? That is correct. 
minimum of one mile a day. That is for the official streak status at any rate. Um, okay. There is a there is a website where you can register your streak if you hit certain criteria. So one mile a day for a full year is an official running streak. Oh, I did not know that. It has to be a full year to be official. Well, official as far as that website and to be able to oh, okay. register your streak on 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 that. I oh, mean, okay. most people consider a streak just like you say, just running consecutive days for X number of time and. You know, a lot of people will do it to kickstart fitness or kickstart training or just to say they did it. Common one is to run for 30 days. So, you know, you mentioned why people might do a streak, but let's get deeper into that. Why? What motivated you to do a run streak at this point in time? Was it COVID related? Yes, it was definitely COVID related. Um my streak started basically at lockdown or at least two days before lockdown because normally I had been running six days a week and taking Fridays off. So I started Saturday, my normal run on Saturday and Sunday, and then Monday we got the call uh, or, you know, things are in lockdown. You're not coming to work um, until further notice, you know, so I just kept running and you know, I guess leading up to that Friday, which I'd normally take off, I thought, well, I have no plans. I'm not going anywhere, not working. You know, we're kind of trapped doing nothing. So I thought, well, I hear to, heard about these run streaks. I see people on Instagram post about how many days in a row they're at. And I thought, well, I'll, might as well try this. I'll just put in an easy run, five, six, whatever K on Friday and kind of reevaluate as, uh, you know, things emerge with COVID and, you know, it came clear pretty quickly. Okay. No, nope, we're uh, going to be in lockdown for a while. So I just kept going five, six, seven K on my Friday run. And all of a sudden, you know, yeah, we're at that 30 days and we're st <laughs> still in lockdown. So, right. But it wasn't a, a huge stretch. It wasn't like you were a couch potato and then you were taking up a run streak. Like you were already running six days a week. So you were just yeah. having to add on that Friday. And and like you were saying, like, what's the minimum you have to run in order to have it still be considered in the streak? And then what was the shortest that you ever ran and the longest in that year? Yeah, well, um, my shortest run was... Uh... 2k and that didn't come until day 240 or something oh, wow. <laughs> like i said i'm i'm used to pretty high mileage running leading up to this it wasn't like just yeah let's run 360 actually i ended on 366 days but yeah it wasn't just yeah let's do this out of the blue. Well, okay. So let's just highlight. I'm going to just interrupt you here for a second sure. and just toot your own horn for you for a moment. Some mileage that um, you shared with us here is in 2018, you ran 4,828 kilometers. So that's just under 3,000 miles, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. that's a lot of miles. And then 2019, you went up to 5,300 kilometers. And then 2020, which overlapped your streak into early 2021, you ran 6,143 kilometers. That's like 4,000 miles. That's a <laughs> lot of mileage. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a lot of really good buildup. Um, the year before 2017 was kind of my resurgence back into running. 
I had a couple of lean years after moving to New Brunswick in 2015. It took a little bit to get settled in, in the province. And then in 2016, I actually had a stress fracture in my foot. So that kind of rode off both of those two years. And that's actually why I ran my first half marathon in 2015, because I, I hadn't done enough running to really be running at a marathon level, you know, to my uh, satisfaction at any rate. So both those years, I, I ran half marathons just to kind of keep my race sanity going. And then 2017 was my resurgence back and I ran about 2,900, which wasn't even a personal best at that time, but I had two marathons back under my belt. And so 2018 kind of kickstarted a crazy, crazy run of a few years that uh, is still going now and hopefully will keep, keep going. I've tapered back a little bit, but, um, you know, doing a running streak and running the miles that I, that I have been wasn't, uh, wasn't new to me. And, and I guess it was the perfect time to try a run streak because with COVID and no races and having built up so many, uh, strong miles already, it was just kind of a, a good challenge, I guess, to kind of keep me motivated, uh, without having any in-person races at any rate in 2020. So how did your body respond to the, because it was more mileage, but like you said, it was, it was a natural progression. It wasn't like you just start, were starting from scratch. So it was like more than the year before and the year before that, but like, did your body, like, I know the, the body's funny, right? Like (laughs) it can hit a point and, and just sort of fall apart. So um, did your body respond well to the, to the more mileage? Did you incur any injuries? Um, was there ever a day where you're just like, I am so tired. I do not want to go running, like sort of get into the nuts and bolts of uh, what that looked like on the, on the good days and the not so good days. Yeah. Um, it is kind of interesting. I've always said that um, running really teaches a person about themselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we don't really have a a real read or concept of what we're capable of because we don't naturally push ourselves outside of our comfort zone and uh, running has certainly been that for me so even though I had a great fitness base and a great number of mileage over a number of years pushing yourself day after day after day after day is definitely a different challenge than even running high mileage and, you know, having a day or even some weeks where you might take a couple of days off. So just keeping that going that long, it's definitely pushing yourself beyond that comfort zone. And, you know, the first while you're in good shape. So, you know, first few weeks, you know, it's great. You're kind of in this honeymoon period of a streak and you're motivated to hit that first milestone of 30 days a month, you know, and then things start to really kind of hit home. At least for me, I kind of often operated on kind of a four-week training cycle where, you know, you're ramping up your mileage and your training efforts, and then you kind of take a, you know, a slightly reduced week, and then you kind of build back up. And so, you know, after that 30 days, you're 
you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we're not um, taking that. There's no down weeks. <laughs> there's no there's no down week. You're just keeping yeah. keeping it going. And in that intermediate, you know, in that 60 to 90 day, that was kind of probably the hardest stretch where you're just like, okay, this is really getting real. You know, the fatigue is accumulating a little bit. And at that point, I don't even know if I'd actually committed to do it for a full year. I was just kind of doing it with COVID. And my goal was always, I don't want this to interrupt with my training. I never actually believed in streaks. I saw people do them and I thought, I don't really know what the purpose is. You know, I'd rather just focus on races and training for races. So kind of doing this, I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to let it impede my training. So even though we had lockdown, we still, you know, I'm a part of a, a road running interval group and we have a Facebook page and our coach kind of announces, you know, when we're, when we couldn't run in person, he would uh, post the workout and say, you know, during this week, this is the workout you know, go tour as you're able to safely. And, you know, um, listening to you talk, you know, you reminded me of one of my challenges during COVID, which was the lack of focus for a race. But then you just talked about, you know, four week cycles and building and then needing a down week. During this streak, were you actually building mileage over time or did you find you just maintained like a consistent weekly average? And then did you find maybe your body didn't need as much downtime because you just kind of essentially were operating at your trained in your train zone the entire year? Like where I just, how did that work in your body? Yeah. Well, um, very quickly I kind of, figured out that, you know, if I'm going to be doing the streak and if there's not going to be any races, specifically marathons to train for, you know, some of my long runs, uh, I think my longest run during the streak was 31 kilometers. And that was very, very early, maybe two weeks into the streak that I was still kind of doing that. And then they kind of tapered back to 26K, 24K. And then it's like, okay, came clear after, you know, a month, month and a half that, you know, we're not going to be having any races for quite a long time. You know, maybe there was still some hope at the time, maybe in the fall, but, um, you know, at any rate, there wasn't going to be any need for long distance. So I ended up kind of more spreading out my mileage. It was kind of consistent in 2020. Because, you know, right from January, I was training with the anticipation that, you know, my first marathon would be in May. So I kind of got out of the gate quick and I was pretty much running 100 kilometers plus a week. And I ended up running 100 kilometers a week in every week in 2020, except for maybe the last two weeks. Uh, into December. You took time off for Christmas? Oh. Well, <laughs> very, very marginally. <laughs> I mean, not time off, but reduced yes. time running. At that point, it was clear that it was going to hit 6,000K, which kind of became my my goal. 
I never thought in my life that I would run 6,000 K. I never thought I'd reach 5,000 K. But when I did that the year before my, my goal into 2020 was to actually reduce my mileage because, <laughs> uh, 5,300 kilometers was a lot already. And, you know, it, it takes a lot of time and, and commitment to do that. So I thought, well, I need to kind of refocus on races, not just pure mileage, which for an accountant and a stat obsessed person, just an obsessive personality in general, it, it was uh, hard to kind of decide to reduce my mileage and focus on races. But then when the races disappeared, I guess my obsession kind of kicked, <laughs> kicked back in and I kind of targeted that 6,000 mark. So any good um, accountant loves his spreadsheets, I'm sure. And I'm sure you had a spreadsheet for mileage, but possibly also for shoes. I'm wondering how many pairs of shoes did you go through? Did you have a shoe rotation? Like, did you wear, you know, alternate shoes throughout the week? And the third part of my question is, how many miles did you average per pair? Like, what did you wear for shoes? Let's talk shoes. Yes. Well, as you say, any good accountant likes his spreadsheets and I have one open on my computer right now. I knew you would. Kinda, I knew you would. Kind of yeah. has all of my, you know, I use Strava and I, I have a few different sites that I use, mostly Strava for tracking my mileage, but I also put it all in a spreadsheet because I, I put all these other calculations and projections and what my surplus or deficit of my goal is. <laughs> and I love it. It's, it's crazy. And I have a weekly run and it, I read about this training ratio. So I threw that in there. It kind of takes a a weighted four week average. And if you kind of deviate above a certain ratio, it kind of puts you in this danger zone. So, you know, I have all sorts of weird stats going and I, I do track my shoes mostly on Strava, but I kind of started throwing them into my spreadsheet too. So, um, so how many pairs, how many pairs in the year during the streak? It probably isn't even as much as some people think. I'll say that I am uh, a Salming ambassador. The Greyhound has kind of been my go-to for training just because I, for whatever reason, get just amazing mileage out of out of that shoe. Do you ever, like, triple what I do? I don't know. Like, do, are your feet ever on the ground in that shoe or are you just in flight phase the whole time? Like I get like 1500 K yeah. out of that shoe consistently, like four pairs in a row. And I'm on my fifth pair of the Greyhounds and I am over 1200 K into them and they still feel amazingly comfortable. And maybe that's because prior to Salming, I didn't really wear a really heavily cushioned shoe. And so I, I feel like they would wear out. I mean, I got some pretty high mileage on shoes before Salming even, but. Um, but the Greyhound is the most cushioned shoe. It is the most Salming cushioned. Makes. And even when it's yeah. worn out, it's more cushioning than I was ever used to before. So I find, you know, they're just so comfortable and the outsole doesn't wear out uh, as quickly as other models that I've worn in the past. So it's just been phenomenal for me. So four to five pairs of shoes for 6,000 kilometers. That's yeah. insane. I mean, 1,500 pair, 1,500 K on a shoe. It's like, yeah, that's like four pairs of shoes. But yeah. yeah. So that's a pretty 
awesome real world advertisement for Salming Bear that your shoes lasted you so well um, during your runs. And I'm sure you appreciate too getting the uh, ambassador discounts that you get with Salming. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So let's talk logistics. Um, Carolyn, I know you had a few questions related to how this actually works. Yeah. Well, if I'm doing the math correctly, so correct me if I'm wrong, accountant, but you ran over 6,000 kilometers in the year, right? So you ran over 100 kilometers a week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was probably averaging about 115K a week probably through the year. Okay, so I've often thought about this because sometimes I try to get up to 100 kilometers a week for certain weeks in my if I'm training for a marathon, but I, I've never gone beyond 100. And that I feel like I'm running all the time. So when do you fit this in? Mm-hmm. Like what's your kind of uh, weekly flow? Do you run before work? Do you run two a days or like multiple times a day? How do you fit that all in? Yeah, well, that has definitely changed for me over the years. Back when I first started running, you know, and with a young family and all that after work, you know, you seem to get caught up in, in family life and whatnot. And so to get running and training in, I ran almost exclusively uh, before work. But now, um, especially when my son started running as much as me or getting close, that kind of changed because, you know, he isn't getting up at, um, you know, 5.30 in the morning to go for a run. So during the streak, especially, most of my running was done um, probably four o'clock and onward. You know, as an accountant working from home, I'm experiencing that right now with, with my new job. I've never before in my life sat in front of a computer for eight straight hours a day and it's killing me. Like I had all these illusions of I'd get up early because I'm working in a different time zone than I live and I, I start later than normal and I thought I'll run in the morning. But I am so craving movement by the end of my day. I actually very intentionally now think I have to run after work because yes. my body um, can't be fused in this position all night. Like, I need yeah, to move. like I say, 20 years of working where I am now and it is predominantly sitting in front of a computer. So oh. yes, uh, that after, after work run is definitely a nice, uh, a nice release. It's literally um, a shakeout. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It very much is. And then, you know what, you start into these run clubs and that, and so they meet mm-hmm. meet after work. And so, you know, naturally, I guess the, the training pattern kind of evolved into, into being after work. For a while, I did do some two-a-days. I would do my training in the morning, and my son, you know, when he was younger and running, you know, maybe three to five K, and that would be after I got home from work. So I do my training in the morning and then run with him in the evening. And then that kind of slowly kind of transitioned to just being in the evening because now my son's 21 and he's run a couple of marathons already himself and, you know, runs anywhere from three to 4,000 kilometers himself. So mm-hmm. now, now we're able to do, do a lot of it a lot of it together. Um, right. That's amazing. That's my dream. Oh, it is. I'd love it to have one, of my, one or both of my boys to oh, be yeah. doing that with me. You're so fortunate. He's been running since he was eight. I would 
go to run the marathon, usually in Regina, and uh, they had a 3K kids race. So he kind of started running the 3K kids race. And, you know, by I think 11, he ran his first 10K and by 15 ran his 14 or 15 ran his first half marathon. So yeah, it's, it's been something that we've shared together for a very long time. And I mean, it's hard not, hard not to be passionate about it when it's something that you can not only do yourself, but share with, uh, share with your child. So, well, I know how I bond with my friends during some of these experiences when we're running and to share that with somebody that you also have a strong bond with, you know, a child, I I can only imagine how the conversations you have had and how close you've grown probably during some Mm -hmm. of these runs. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe can you just tell us what your half marathon and marathon PRs are just for reference? Yeah. In the last couple of years, I've been doing a a lot more shorter distance races, given that I've been doing so much interval training with our run club. So I have run a 1635 K, which is about 318, 317 a kilometer, and then range that up to my marathon personal best, which is 243.11. So that's just under 350, about 348 a kilometer. So what would you be running? Like, what would your easy run pace be? Well, a lot of times if we're just going out for a leisure run, I mean, we might be running five minutes a kilometer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I guess that, you know, when I say easy run, that's all all in perspective for people. But, you know, that's generally a pace where, you know, we're able to talk and not I mean sometimes it may be in 515 you know it all depends on weather too if you're in winter or like crazy winds off the bay of Fundy or something (laughs) but yeah but still I mean you could throw down a 20k run in well under two hours like an hour 40 or something right and it would be Mm -hmm. an easy run so that's Mm -hmm. very different than somebody that it's going to take two two hours and 15 minutes Mm -hmm. um just in in you know total time on feet and and time out of your day and and life's stress right which means you have that extra time to recover for the next day that's right yeah 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 Yeah. so let's talk about racing in that year and in the last year did you i mean when you're running six thousand kilometers a year you can go across tennessee and back and around the world like (laughs) did you do any virtual races or in-person races during your streak uh no in-person races at all you know, I was tempted by that run across Tennessee thing, but um, bringing back to my accountant and, and cheapness, I'm like, well, I'm going to run that anyway. So I don't really need the motivation of seeing me progress across, you know, Tennessee thing, or they even had, did one in Nova Scotia too, where you could run across uh, Nova Scotia. But um, I did do some races, our run club, um, our coach, as far as trying to motivate people to, you know, keep going and getting out. He tried to say, well, this month, let's do, at some point in the month, do a virtual 5K, a virtual 10K, and kind of walk through the whole cycle of, of races. And, you know, didn't do them all, but in May I did a virtual 5K we used a certified course where this uh, one event takes place uh, every month in a normal year so that you would know where the start and finish line is and could uh, 
in weren't just going off GPS pace uh, and distance. So that's where I actually ran my PB of 1630, which shaved three seconds off. I ran a virtual 10 miler in on Canada Day, which is that one was a paid virtual event. My son and I met up with a, a running friend and that was in a time where you could at least meet up in small enough groups. So the three of us ran uh, that on a very humid Canada day. So that was kind of fun. Didn't hit a PB, but that, that was probably on day, what, 100 or so. And then I, I'm a ambassador for Noon Hydration as well. And uh, they kind of organized an ambassador half marathon virtual event. And my son joined me in, in doing it. So we went out to this location where, you know, it's almost no elevation. And we ran like 19 loops of this <laughs> one 1K block. And, uh, and I think I ran a 119 and change, which wasn't a PB, but given that it, yeah. it was on day 207 or something like that in a row and all those 100K weeks in a row and yeah. to, to run that. You definitely weren't tapered. I tried to taper a little bit, but <laughs> not obviously fully. So, Well, I guess technically, technically you could just run seven miles in a week, right? And still be keeping your run streak up, right? If you yeah, just have to do exactly. a mile a day. So you could taper. Yeah, yeah. But you could, could average 100. But <laughs> yeah. that's where, you know, my stat-obsessed self, you know, I didn't want to relinquish. I had all these sub-goals involved. You know, I had this run streak going. I was running 500 kilometers a month, every month until November. November, December, I didn't. And I had 100K weeks going all the way through other than two weeks in, in 2020. So I get kind of a little obsessed with these little, <laughs> you know, it's like you can't stop on, you know, 9.7K. You got to hit 10, you know, like. Well, of course. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, of course. Runners aren't obsessed oh, like I've that. I've never ran around <laughs> the parking lot. No, no, never run back and forth. No. Yeah. So I imagine we talked about this before, like taking up the streak in the first place was your attempt at just having an outlet during COVID. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that correct? Definitely. Yes. So did the run streak help with your mental health or sort of putting a routine into place when this year was, it kind of stripped us away of all our other routines? Like talk to us about um, your mental health. Yeah. Well, running in general has kind of been a big tool in my arsenal for maintaining my mental health. And 2020 was definitely a, a tough year. And actually in December, regardless of streak and the number of miles and runner's high, which is totally a thing. And I know every runner can probably attest to that runner's high feeling, but um, more and more I got to feeling that that wasn't enough and you know the runner's high is great when you're running but it was kind of crashing low afterwards and i've you know realistically i've struggled with depression for a vast number of years and in retrospect probably even more years and than i had really realized uh and so 
I started on antidepressants as well in in December, which in and of itself was during a run streak was kind of a wild, wild adventure. Um, yeah, it must have affected your energy, eh? Yes, definitely. I mean, every medication is a little bit different and affects people differently, so you don't really know what what to expect. Um, and the first one I tried ended up being an absolute disaster. Mm. Um, my energy was just the first couple of weeks particularly. So in the middle of December there, it was just horrible. And I remember going out doing a solo run and one of my solo run, probably my most popular solo run location is going to Rockwood Park. So it's, there's lots of great trails for all the trail runners, but there's also a nice uh, paved road that people can, you know, drive around or run around. Uh, and it's about 4k. And I did this 16k run, you know, a few days after starting on them and just wondering what the heck am I doing? Like, <laughs> I felt so absolutely dreadful, but you know, the obsessed runner in me is like, you know, I'm not decreasing my mileage unless it's absolutely necessary. And I, I think I described my legs on social media afterwards as feeling like a wrung out sponge, mm -hmm. like for the entire race, like, like running on an empty gas tank for the entire time. It was, I don't think I felt that bad, that bad ever during a run. So did you stay, did you stay on the medication or did you have to switch it? I definitely switched. Yeah. I mean, I, I progressed through it for, cause I mean, these things, they aren't things that take effect, you know, immediately, like, you notice some of the side effects immediately, but you don't notice the benefits potentially for, you know, four to six weeks. So, you know, mm -hmm. you stay on it, you progress through different dosages, uh, giving your body a chance to adapt to it. But it just became evident that, yeah, that energy sucking quality was not going to go away. I mean, it did get better, but it was still always kind of lingering there. So the one I'm on now is definitely much, much better. It never really did affect my energy. So I found that I have been able to maintain my, you know, quality of running that I'm kind of accustomed to and expecting. So now it's just a, a matter of seeing whether the you know, long-term, uh, whether the benefits are going to be there. Running is still, is still a great, a great tool and that runner's high, you know, nothing, no medication. I don't, I don't think yeah. can really surpass runner's high, but, uh, it, uh, yeah. doesn't last. <laughs> well, and that's what makes me wonder, like, you know, for somebody who does struggle with, you know, depression and, and I know I've felt the runner's high and it's a large part of what keeps me running. Mm -hmm. So why did you choose to stop the run streak? Why didn't you just keep going? <laughs> yeah. Well, believe me, um, as it became apparent that I was going to be able to, you know, maintain the streak longer term that, you know, hitting the year was kind of my, my big goal, you know, just so, you know, you can register it on the, on the website for their mm -hmm. run streakers. And, and that first day that I, consciously chose to stop my streak was actually a lot tougher than I was 
expecting, or maybe I expected it to be tough, but it was still definitely there are numerous times through the day because I actually took the day off of work as a vacation day just to kind of enjoy. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to take the day off. It's my, I can just relax. And I spent the whole day just thinking, I could just go out and run two (laughs) and not tell anyone, you know, maybe I'll make it private on Strava so no one can see it. And I'll just say, Oh yeah, I'm still going. But no, um, I knew it wasn't something I was going to do long-term. Like I follow people on Instagram that are, you know, like 800, 1,000, 1,500 days into their run streak. And I can definitely see, you know, the appeal in a lot of ways, but there's not really a way to maintain that kind of a run streak. Well, running hundred kilometers a week and, mm-hmm. you know, training for, you know, races, marathon, goal races consistently, I guess. So I figure, you know, a year is a good milestone. And, you know, hopefully in 2021, there's going to be some in-person races. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to end the streak on, I guess, on my terms. I did have some injuries leading up, you know, in the last, you know, stretch of the streak. So that, I guess, was kind of a a factor that I had to take into consideration as, as well probably from shoveling snow while maintaining running in winter on slippery, slushy, you know, conditions. It it really takes its toll. It's not like just running on bare pavement all year long, like running in slush and snow is pretty tiring. It's like running here to run on the beach all the time. Like it's a great training thing, but you know, running when you don't have sure footing is a, a lot more tiring so and then throw in shoveling snow for a couple hours because on the east coast here you know when we get a snowfall we get a snowfall yeah. <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a dump of snow i mean we were fortunate this winter to have you know probably one of the best winters ever from that standpoint but uh, that was probably enough to set uh, some sciatica or lower back issues and that really tested my run streak uh, mentality there because mm. um, I went from running a hundred K a week to running 28 kilometers one week. And I hit my first two K for me, two K was going to be my minimum. I know a, a mile or 1.661 is kind of the official, but for me, I thought I'm Canadian. So you know, <laughs> a mile, I don't train running miles at all. So for me, my minimum is going to be two K and I ran that once. Yeah, and 1.61 is not a round number. Like, well, I know. It has to be 2.0. <laughs> I know. You got to round up. You always got to round up. Of course you do. That's yes. right. So I ran 2K <laughs> and then I ran 3K a couple of days and then up to oh. 4K. And, well, yeah, that's what I of... always wonder with people that do it for, like you're saying, the thousand. And, you know, I know of a guy who's been doing it since 1986. Like, sometime yeah. in there you're gonna have an injury you're gonna have a fever you're gonna have you know and I always wonder like you're what gonna happened? have a wedding or a yeah. child <laughs> yeah. exactly well I can say you know after running so many so many miles I mean it's you know to go out and run one mile I mean for me even running it slow I mean what seven eight minutes yeah. nine minutes you know yeah, like while you're brushing your teeth like. that's, that's <laughs> not a lot of time so I mean if that was yeah. my main yeah. goal was to keep a streak going yeah I mean 
there are times where you know you maybe have a fever and feel dreadful but i mean some of the runs that i ran (laughs) ran during the streak and how dreadful i felt and i was running a lot more than one one mile so i guess you know, you can probably push yourself to do anything stupid if you, if you have the mindset to do that. <laughs> well, you really seem to have enjoyed maybe not every minute of every run, but at least on social media, you always seem to have a huge smile on your face. The biggest smiles are when you're with your son after oh, your run. Definitely. And it's very inspirational. So You know, we are called the Inspired Souls Podcast. And on that note, we'd like to ask our guests, do you have someone in your life who has inspired you in your running experience and why? Well, you know, you've pretty much uh, led right into that one. I mean, uh, my son, to be able to share something like that with your child and to go to races and to have that, you know, morning race prep getting your you know, clothes together and your shoes together and your nutrition together and mm. driving out and all that race anxiety and anticipation and then just going out and, you know, hugging afterwards at the finish line. I mean, there are so many great inspiring runners out there and world record holders and, you know, you see what they're doing and, and you know, they're all great, but I don't think anything can really can really surpass, you know, the inspiration of seeing your son cross his first finish line after you've been training for months and months and mm. pouring in all the sweat and yeah, I mean it's uh yeah, that's wow. pre- pretty much pretty much the best experience ever. Well, I was saying this to you before we started recording, but I looked on social media and I could have sworn that was you and your twin brother. Like your <laughs> son looks, he is the spitting image mm-hmm. of you. And it's, it's really um, something to see the two of you together. So does, is he tempted to do a run streak? Um, not at this point. I don't think so. I mean, um, he's got other priorities, I guess, you know, uh, He's doing university by correspondence right now, and he's got a job at a local running store, running shoe store, and maybe he's a little wiser than his old man and, you know, keeping to a more reasonable five-day-a-week running schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been amazing. And before we get into our rapid-fire questions, we're always curious after... you know, completing a year like the one you've just had, what's next for you? What do you have your sights set on for uh, 2021 and beyond? Well, I guess for 2021, my goal and plan is what was supposed to be for 2020 and looking at, you know, my age and where I'm at running wise um, in my mid forties. So, you know, one never knows how many great years of running they have left. Um, I may have many, many, many more, but um, my last big running goal is to try and run a marathon in uh, sub 240. And so at 243, you know, I've got about three minutes to shave off. So in PEI where I ran uh, that 243 is a gorgeous, gorgeous marathon. If you ever on the East Coast. Is it around October? Yeah. Yeah, it's um 
usually it's a weekend after Thanksgiving. And I know that because in 2019, when I ran PEI and won my first ever marathon and hit my PB, my son was supposed to come and run with me. But on Thanksgiving weekend, he had to have an emergency appendectomy. Mm. (laughs) So he uh, was kind of out for a month from running. So right. he, he couldn't couldn't join me. And that would have been his third ever marathon. So that was a little disappointing. So <laughs> this year, hopefully we can go back now that we missed a year. And um, we both registered in, uh, I think, in December. Well, he was deferred from 2019 because of his appendectomy. They were nice and nice enough to defer his registration because it was oh, a medical emergency good. for oh, him. Those PEI uh, folks are great. They are great. <laughs> and then I registered right in December and uh, of 2019 for the following year. And, you know, then COVID hit. So hopefully in 2021, I'll be able to go back and uh, defend my title. Oh, yes. Well, I'll be excited to follow along for, for that. I wish you all the best. 240. Wow. That is lazing. <laughs> so first rapid fire question. When you're running, do you have a favorite mantra? Not really, actually. Um, usually when I'm running, especially when I'm running solo, I tend to just kind of blank out almost. This year I started listening to music, which I hadn't done for a long, long time. But uh, my son bought me a pair of Aftershocks headphones for Father's Day. And so I started listening to music again. Um, okay, so but- what's your favorite running song then? What's your top <sighs> playlist song? These days, uh, the band Tremonti has been mm. kind of my go-to band as far as running. That and a good friend of mine in Saskatoon, he has his own own band in music, and I tend to kind of switch off between Tremonti and Firing at the Sky. Firing at the Sky. That is such an awesome name for it. It is, for and he band. is such a... <laughs> Such a talented, talented musician, and it's exciting to be able to listen to a good friend pound out some great tunes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, what is your favorite place on the planet to run? Probably Rockwood Park is probably my, my favorite place. And, you know, given that I, I've started doing some trail running uh, in 2020, it kind of satisfies both of my disciplines, you know, I, I love running around the road, which is paved and it's hilly. So it gives you a little bit of a challenge and a workout. And uh, our trail running group also uses uh, Rockwood Park a lot um, to do some trail runs. And it's it's the largest urban park in Canada. So really? like we did a 26K trail run and it's in it's four kilometers from my house in the heart of the city, but it, it's got this huge, huge trail system. That's just simply amazing. So do you have a bucket list race? Yeah, it's funny. And I, I can't even remember how I got onto this. I think it was from maybe runner's world magazine, but, uh, big Sur in California. Yes. I mean, it looks yeah. so absolutely beautiful that for 
a decade it's probably been on my bucket list and then oddly i moved completely to the other side of <laughs> the <laughs> continent from when i was in the prairies and it was closer by but uh yeah, so that probably that's a great choice. Still on my on my bucket list, and of course, yeah. I mean, all the world majors are are out there, and you know, you see people trying to complete the world majors, so that would be kind of fun too. But the only one I think I've the only one I've run is Boston. So, well, you still have a few decades of running left in you. I'm I sure. think so. Yes. Yeah. Do you have a favorite running book or movie? Anything Terry Fox, I think, is probably insanely inspirational and motivating great canadian hero for sure mm, definitely final question do you have a favorite post-run indulgence i'm sure you had one or two indulgences over your year-long <laughs> run streak please tell me you did <laughs> oh yes most most certainly um i'm very much a craft beer fan and uh i was a home brewer for a while but now i run way too much to really be able to have the time to to partake in that hobby as much but craft beer is definitely my uh my go-to indulgence and in fact after my run streak uh, my last day was a trail run with the st john trail runners and one of the runners in our group is a cbc radio show host and so she brought out her equipment and did a little interview after the trail run. And another friend in the trail group, you know, brought a few craft beers along and just happened to have my favorite craft beer locally, uh, which is uh, Trailways Hujon IPA. So <laughs> the very end to the interview was me cracking open the the can of Hujon. So I listened to that interview yes. and I heard that sound and I was like, I wonder if they really had a beer or if they just made that sound because <laughs> it sounded it, so uh, authentic. So I'm it glad was it was completely authentic. Beer. Yes, it That's was. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So this has been such an awesome conversation, Trevor. I've really enjoyed and I'm sure Carolyn has as well in getting to know you a little bit better and talking to us about the realities of a run streak. Mm -hmm. So where can people find you? Are you available on social media for a little bit of connection? Oh, definitely. Um, Instagram is where pretty much everything goes and it's public. Anyone can, can follow me at handle uptown SJ runner. So uh, yes, I would love people to follow me and I kind of use it as my running blog. So most days there's a few days i take off but many days i'm taking a selfie with me or my son or the run club and talking about my adventures in running and training and racing and all yeah. that fun stuff you have to go well, see how much how much trevor's son looks like him <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes you have to check exactly. that out my mini me Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. And uh, thank you so much, Trevor, for joining us this evening. It was a lot of fun and it was great to be able to talk with you both, especially you, Kim, seeing as we're both uh, solving ambassadors. Yes. And, uh, High five. Yay. <laughs>